Welcome to a special edition of the Baseball America podcast with me, J.J. Cooper, and also John Manuel. As we're going to have, if you've been wondering why, you know, hey, we haven't had too many podcasts lately, which we'll be the first to admit, kind of true. Draft is a uh, an all-encompassing beast around here, especially when you combine it with, with college regionals and super regionals coming up and all. We did, have, we did have three last week, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Two Monster College podcasts and then the Draft, actually Draft Day podcast draft Day this podcast. week with Jim Callis and myself over the phone and live from uh, a random room in my house. Yeah, that is true. That <laughs> worked but, out well. But uh, but we wanted to give you, you're going to have a, uh, a cavalcade of podcasts coming over the next uh, two days. This is a special Steven Strasburg edition of the podcast, which fittingly is brought to you by uh, our podcast sponsor, MLB Network, which... Most of you probably saw the, uh, and I, if you're a baseball fan, I'm assuming you were watching the, the Strasburg debut on MLB Network last night. And it's safe to say, it's very rare you can say that a guy, there's never been a, a big league pitching debut probably hyped as much as that one was. And amazingly, it's like when you saw all said and done, you probably could say, you know, it probably wasn't hyped enough. Honestly, that's the defining characteristic so far of Steven Strasburg's professional career. The hype bar is set incredibly high, and he keeps surpassing it. I mean, that's the define. That's really been what's defined this year, JJ. Our struggle at the top of our top 100 prospects list was Jason Hayward, Steven Strasburg, and both those guys had so much attention to to them. And you know, the 2007 draft, we just rated all the drafts in our last last issue. And one thing that we really wrestled was the 07 class with the 09 class, which is better. We flipped and flopped and hemmed and hawed. We ended up putting 07 ahead of 09. But the front of the 07 draft, as good as it is, that draft includes Jason Hayward. So that's what put it at the top of the list. But, you know, we've talked that there's been a lot of hype around Matt Wieters and David Price. And Matt Wieters has not lived up to the expectations that Jason Hayward, like the way Jason Hayward has. I, I, I still right. think Matt Wieters is going to be a great player. Right. And I think right now he's a very right, solid to good big league catcher. He's just, but he's not an all-star yet. Not yet. He's mired on a bad team. I think that's the biggest thing. He needs he needs a little help. And then David Price is very very good. I mean, he's really he's really a very good big league pitcher. But he doesn't necessarily stand out even from his peers in Tampa. I mean, Je- uh, Jeff Neiman threw another complete game shutout the other night. You, I think people who listen to this podcast know my <laughs> Jeff I Neiman. love Jeff Neiman. He's almost at Houston Street level for me. I mean, he's he's a big deal for me. So uh, I love seeing Jeff do well. But Steven Strasburg and Jason Hayward, this class of prospects. That class of top 100 top guys had just blown those other guys away. Jason Hayward's ridiculous, and then Steven Strasburg last night was just really as much fun as you can have watching a baseball game, J.J., unless you're a Pirates fan. Mike Stanton went 3-for-5 last night in yeah. his big league debut, and it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, Mike Stanton, he's going to be you know great player for... Mike Stanton is actually what made me end up ranking 07 ahead of 09, because Mike Stanton is that little extra push for the 2007 draft class. And uh, I w- one day I think we'll have a whole podcast where we do nothing but talk about Mike Stanton because his power is so jaw-dropping. But it's to me the thing about Strasburg, besides how funny he is to watch J.J. is, and um, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, my brother lives in D.C. He's my big brother, so I'm always going to talk about my big brother. He's, uh, but he's a season ticket holder, partial season ticket player. He didn't get to go to the game last night, which I think is going to haunt him forever. But – just the whole complexion of the of the franchise has changed. It's just he, the Nationals matter in, in the district now, and they didn't matter before Steven Strasburg. They really were irrelevant. It, it, it it's hard to overblow anything with Strasburg right now, but the reality of it is, is he's already earned 
his bonus. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. From the, from the standpoint of franchise value. Like, absolutely. Scott Boras even out. made that point, sadly, already. He will sell out every home game, every home start for the next foreseeable future. I mean, I know that was the debut. Game two, if you didn't get into game one, everything oh, yeah. he did means that you're going to be knocking down the door to try to get to game two. Now, the question we'll see, and I think it will happen, is this going to be a Fernando Mania kind of thing where you see home and road, it doesn't matter where he is. Like Cleveland, Cleveland's going to have their best crowd of the year probably, non-opening day variety, because they're not drawing a whole lot of fans. And the Cleveland Indians are just thanking, uh, going to be very thankful that Steven Strasburg is going to be coming to their ballparks so the people will show right, up. Right, so they've already said that this is this looks like to be the best you know crowd of the season. That's amazing. I mean, to do that in the International League is one thing, J.J., which Steven Strasburg did in the International League and in the Eastern League. People were like, hmm, let's go see this guy. But in a big league park in the American no, he's, League, he's going to do that in his second start? That's amazing. I, we were talking about... we. But because of the draft, it really worked out well for us in some ways. Because of the draft, everyone in the Baseball America office was still here at 7 o'clock, which is not normal on a normal weeknight. You right. Know? And so we all kind of gathered to watch you know, his first uh, three innings, I guess it was. But especially with the first inning, we were all in there to see that first pitch. And I think we all thought, okay, we'll go back to our desk. We have more work to do. And then when the Na- after the Nationals hit, none of us were watching the Nats hit, basically. I think Josh Leventhal was. And then somebody else was in there and said, uh, Strasburg's about to start pitching again. And at first, no one wanted, I think, to be conspicuous about it. And then there was basically a stampede. (laughs) There was basically a I think you started the stampede. Everyone just got up from their desks and ran back to the break room to watch. And then we almost took another picture and posted it to our Twitter account, at Baseball America, because it was like a war room situation again. We were all in there, and we were all intent. And it really just, I mean, again, it just was fun. It's just fun to watch talent. You know, talked about talent, be realized talent. It's just uh, I can't get over that fact. We're all baseball fans at heart, JJ, and that was just fun to watch as a fan. But the thing that struck me, I think I mentioned it last night, was is it felt to me, I, I was lucky enough I got to see Pedro pitch in Fenway during the stretch of Pedro right. Red Sox, you know, one time. I got to see it. And it was that same feeling that Pedro earned his way to, like got to the point where Red Sox fans just hung on every pitch that Pedro threw. Right. You know, well – they were doing that for Strasburg from the moment that he stepped onto the mound. Like, every pitch had an intensity to it for the fans. I mean, it was something where when he got to two strikes, you know, people were going crazy. Yeah, it seems like only starting pitchers generate that kind of buzz in baseball. They're the only ones ones where where you can schedule it and that kind of thing. And you just think back, you mentioned Fernando Mania, and that's a great example. Uh, Mark Fidrich. There are a lot of pitchers through history who have been kind of a happening like that. you know, well, Steven Strasburg was a happening from day one, which is really amazing. And that was the other point I wanted to make that I've been thinking about since last night. The key thing about this to me, if you're a baseball fan, is enjoy it now. Yeah. Let's not project, wow, what can it be? Because the thing about it is, is Steven Strasburg will not, I'm not saying he won't be a better pitcher. He'll not be more effective than he was in his debut. If he does that, that, that right there, that outing, if you put that, in any Hall of Famer's career and said this is one of his Best milestone games. outings, it does not look out of place. Now, 14 strikeouts and no walks is insane. What does it happen, like five times since 1969 right. for anyone? So the thing about it is is that like if you saw Dwight Gooden as a 20-year-old, if you saw Kerry Wood before 1998. the uh, in 1998, you know, Mark Fidrich, you made a great point. You know, that Fernando, Fernando was never again – 
that. Now, I'm not saying Strasburg may not, but the thing about it is, is that we at Baseball America, we're all about projection, looking down the road, you know, what's going to happen and all. With Strasburg, as he is right now, enjoy every one of these starts. I mean, I'm going to try to enjoy every one of these starts, and thankfully we're in an area where we get mass, and so I, I'm, I'm, you know, the TiVo will be set. Most people don't. We, we do because of direct right. TV. That's why. Right. So we get, you know, I will be watching every Strasburg start because enjoy it now because he may be the same, you know, as dominant five years from now, but he may be a better pitcher five years from now, but without that curveball that looks insane. That is the Nationals deserve a little credit because that's another observation I think we made yesterday, JJ. The velocity of Stephen Strasburg is what we wrote about. You know, I remember the first scouting report we had on Stephen Strasburg was Ben Badler in the New England Collegiate League in 2007. He was our number one prospect in the NECBL. Ben did the it's NECBL like that the year. NECBL had Stephen Strasburg. Absolutely, and, Stra- and, and Ben wrote him up as the number one prospect. So again, just a nice little notch in Ben's belt of. Some great calls that he's made. And then. Man, that would feel bad if you didn't in hindsight now, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, then coming into 2008, I think he was our preseason whack pitcher of the year or Mountain West pitcher of the year. And, uh, you know, we I remember in the season preview, Aaron writing about, uh, well, you know, he's moving into the rotation in the Mountain for San Diego State and he's going to really have to be watched. Had a great summer last year in the NECB. Able to see him go from closer as a freshman to uh, starting. But we had unbelievable reports. So I think I really I started to put this on my Facebook page, and I guess I thought it was too cheesy. But, I mean, I just think Tony Gwynn, Rusty Filter, Mark Martinez, the guys who coached him at San Diego State, those guys should take a bow. Obviously, he was handled well there. Oh, and, and Tony Ob- Gwynn had a grin on his face that looked like he was a proud daddy. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just awesome. It's just tremendous because those guys, you know, this college baseball took a beating over the weekend and any TV or print, and it deserved it in some ways. And it did with the draft, too, because of the way pitchers are worked. It's really impossible to stand up for college baseball. Obviously, I love college baseball. I think it, gets, it takes too much of a beating because people only look at it from the big player, league, development, player development sense. And you know, the championships do matter at the college level for those players. You just have to understand that. But uh, San Diego State deserves credit for the way that Strasburg was handled. And then the Nationals deserve credit for the way they've handled him, Mike Rizzo, and his staff. Where they've had a plan, laid it out from the start, executed it. And I think Spin Williams and the pitching coaches and the national system, because his breaking ball is better now than it was in college. It was filthy in college, but it was more slurvy. It was more side to side. Right. Now, now it has incredible depth and power in the low 80s. That that pitch is a tremendous pitch for the Nationals. He didn't just come perfectly made for them. The Nationals have done some things with him to make him better, which is really commendable, remarkable, and again, we're the ones who get to benefit from their hard work. And the thing about it is and, and Strasburg's hard work. That, that pitch by itself if Steven Strasburg had that pitch and an average fastball. Yeah, he'd be a front line, like a second or third starter. It would be yeah. basically like, okay, say that's a 60 fastball and you go that. Because I'm sorry, that's, again, not a scout. That's an 80. That's that, that breaking ball is as close an, to an 80 as you're going to get. Right. I mean, if that's not an 80. Because it's got the shape, the power, and the command. Right. If that's not an 80, then, I then again, I'm not a scout, but. That's that's Tom Gordon. If that's, that's not an eighty. Show me eighty. Yeah, that's <laughs> Tom Gordon. That's that Kurt. That's Kerry Wood before, mm-hmm. you know, the injury. That's, that's better that, than Kerry Wood because he commands he, it. But he commands it. You're right. That's you know that's that that pitch, that by itself, and the thing about it is is that you've almost with him got to watch. Well, you don't want him to get too fascinated with that pitch because you still have to base it around which he seems to clearly do. You base it around the fact that you have this 
80 fastball. That's that's the key to me. I you know I won't out the scout's name, but I was talking to a guy in the fall league last year. Remember there was that report JJ turned out to be erroneous that he wrenched his knee and really hurt right. himself in a pregame in yeah. the fall league. I either texted or called a scout about it, and the guy wrote back, "Well, I, I hope not, because I just got done writing him up with a bunch of eights <laughs> on the report." You know, so th- that you know that was being done in the fall league. This is, you know, the thing is he, he almost changes the scale because they're supposed to be twenty. It's supposed to be like the worst possible tool that can play in the big leagues. Like some guys have a ten arm because you, you they, they really don't. But it's like, well, I never imagined someone with an arm that bad could play in the big leagues. Right. You know. Um, and that's why it's not zero to a hundred, because really you just imagine that this it can't be any better than this. Right. But he really pushes. That's why I guess scouts never like to give eighties. Or because the thing about it is, if you say if you say that this pitch is an eighty, and then you see if you give another curveball an eighty, and then you see that Strasburg curveball, or you give another fastball an eighty, like well it's ninety five, ninety six, it's got really good life, he commands it. This is an eight fastball. Well then, what is Strasburg's fastball? Because right. it has great life, you know. And it's a hundred, and he commands it. To me, he makes everyone have to go back in and rewrite their Roldis Chapman scouting reports because the Roldis Chapman does not have any fastball because he doesn't command it like Strasburg. And right. does it really have that kind of late explosive life? I mean, the guy's throwing ninety-three to ninety-four mile an hour two seamers. That was ridiculous. Oh, and the ninety-one mile an hour changeup. Oh, God, the changeup. The changeup is a devastating pitch, and that's his third, fourth. I mean, depending on if you yeah. want to count the fastball, two fastballs exactly. or one. It's a third or fourth best pitch. I mean, that's the pitch that got hit for the home run by Delwyn Young. So that's the thing. To me, the whole danger is you gotta, he has to hone the changeup to make it a, a useful. But when you have an eight fastball, and I, just real quick, the only reason some people are two to eight and some are 20 to 80 is some teams give half grades and right. some, some don't. Some give 75, some right. 55. So if you're into half grades, you're going to go 20 80, so you can give a 55 or a 45. But some clubs just don't believe in that, so they give they go two to eight. So that's the only reason. To me, they're they're interchangeable. But, right. Um, but to me, that's why to, the changeup's important for him. But when you command the fastball like that and when the breaking ball's that good, it becomes less important. You don't want to get beat with your third best pitch. I always think of Mark Wohlers and Jim Lairitz. Well, the, the best way to put it is is that when you have those two pitches like that, even if it's a, even if it's a really good pitch, which his changeup has it's the potential good. to be really good. Yeah. But the problem is is that, yeah, you, it has to be if it becomes much more than a show me. You have two pitches that you, I mean, the Pirates never they put some wood. Some guys got some not good swings, but they had good at bats against the fastball. Right. I don't think I saw anyone have a good swing against the curveball. No. I mean, I saw a lot of knees buckling. I saw a lot of guys ducking out of the way on strikes. I mean, you saw that. And he threw, I think I heard the count, the stat I heard was 23 of 29 curveballs for strikes, which actually was 24 because in the first inning, he he completely fooled the ump. The ump basically gave up on the pitch, and then you're like, wow. So that was basically right down the middle, but everyone gave up on it. Yeah, that is, uh, and again, it's just exciting to see. Uh, someone execute, and then to see him get better down the stretch. Thirty-one of thirty-nine of his thirty-one of his last thirty-nine pitches were for strikes. The last seven outs were by strikeout. I mean, just fourteen and zero, but not only fourteen strikeouts, no walks, and he did it in under a hundred pitches. That's that's the part that for for a veteran, that's the kind of thing where you'd say, well, that's Roy Halladay, you know? <laughs> that's oh, what you'd say. Yeah. That's Roy Halladay. That's that kind of efficiency. To have that kind of efficiency a year out of college, a year after getting beat by Virginia in regionals. 
and, oh, that, and, and my man Bullet Bob Mori. That's amazing. That, that, that it's it's just it, again it's one of those things where it's like the big thing to me coming out of this. It's like man, I'm going to enjoy every one of his starts yeah, because drink it in. because we never know how long he may do this for ten more years. Or he may be this kind of pitcher as he is right now for, you know, we don't know. It may be for another year. It may be, you know, at 23, you know, he has an arm injury or something. You never know. And that being the case, it's something where, it's funny, we look over and we have, we have Steven Strasburg covers just sitting, laying around. Yeah. As we, you know. And but, we want to thank uh, the Strasburg family for, uh, God, what do we have? Like, uh, if you haven't already tried to win one of our Steven Strasburg autographed draft almanacs. I think more people are going to try to win those now. now. Absolutely. Those, are, those, those, those just jumped up in value a little bit, so. He's it's just incredible, and uh, like I, I completely agree with you. Just savor in the moment. Let's not get too let's, tied let's, up. There's no need to put him be. in the Hall of Fame. There's no need to think, well, what will he do when he's 28? Because you know what? There isn't better. That's right. Than what he did in his op- in his debut. It's gonna be. You know, he's gonna have tougher lineups to face. But he in may, terms yeah, of he the may pure take, stuff, he may pitch Game Seven of a World Series where it's the performance of a lifetime and all that. But you're you're not going to see a more dominating performance. You know he may, you know he may have. Hey, he may you know he may throw a perfect game one day. It won't be at a different level than what we saw last night. Yeah, no, it could be. I mean, he really could be like the Kofax of this generation. I mean, it's just that. I mean, if he's going to throw pitches like that consistently and command them like that, you're just he's a no hitter waiting to happen. He he's an event. He's a one man event, and baseball's regular season. That's his only obstacle for me, J.J., is the, the grind. grind. And going through the, the, the every day, the monotony of a major league season, uh, much to Marty Brenneman's chagrin, I think he can learn something from Adam Dunn, <laughs> who knows how to handle the grind, not get too high, not get too low, and enjoy the process, enjoy being and, a teammate, enjoy the clubhouse, by, all that stuff. That's what Adam Dunn's best and, at. And by the way, that's one of the things that he, you know, from seeing it from the outside, he did a good job of Agree. yesterday. He the the show was going on, but he wasn't part of the show. He was doing his job, and then when it was over, you know, he had to know <laughs> the, the shaving cream's coming. You know, he had but, to know Elvis was coming. But you know, and the thing about it is, is they put the the you know they put it on his head, and he just basically continued with the interview. Like, I know this is part. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to take this off or something because this is part of the experience too of my big league debut. Yeah. Oh, we're giving a lot of other people credit. We got to give Steven Strasburg all the credit. I mean, the guy. Works hard. Uh, you know, we got to know him a little bit. Especially Aaron got to know him uh, over the years, and Aaron has nothing but good things to say about Strasburg. And uh, obviously, his parents, his family did a great job with him. And and he's taken all those lessons from all those coaches and from his parents, and he's distilled them. And uh, we're the ones who get to benefit and watch uh, watch how much fun it was, and just watch uh, baseball and pitching at its best last night. I mean, just a tremendous. Uh, I just can't wait for the next start, JJ. That's really where it goes. And can't wait for the next podcast. Which will be soon. That's right. Yeah, we'll have at least... We'll have a draft podcast that will be posting up uh, later today. We'll have a draft podcast and then a super regional preview podcast with myself and Aaron. Should be a lot of fun and uh, plenty more to come in baseball this week. For John Manuel, this is JJ Cooper. Thanks for listening. Again, we'll have more. And thanks to uh, our sponsors, MLB Network. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. 
Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5hourenergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. 